What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about Sifpop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for Sifpop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. Sifpop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out Sifpop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Welcome everybody to episode 104 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. He could do this all day. It's Grant Youngsman. What's up, Grant? Not much, Phil. I I definitely could podcast all day. <laughs> uh, somehow I doubt that. Um, uh, I don't know if people would enjoy that though. <laughs> all just an all-day podcast. What if what if they're like in the future there's like a live podcast that literally just never goes off the air um you know like a uh oh what was that like truman show or something like that mm-hmm. the podcast i don't know if anybody would be down for that <laughs> yeah i don't know that i would want to know literally you know every thought that comes out of you know certain humans minds but um yeah but i i mean yours would be one of them grant i would love to just <clears throat> hang out with you all day um, be awesome um, th- this is not a spoiler to say, so I'm going to say it right up here at the front. I mean, we're about to get to spo- into spoilers here in just a few minutes anyways, but I love that we freaking got the entire Rogers the Musical, I Could Do This All Day song at the end of that episode. There's a post-credits scene where it's just, it's literally the entire, it's the entire song. It's like a four and a half minute Yeah, scene. that definitely threw me for a loop and... <laughs> I was kind of disappointed. I was hoping for something that would show what's what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. I I think in absence of it, I think um, I just really like, I I laughed throughout that whole thing. I was just really enjoying it. Um, I would have definitely taken a, you know, what, what's next kind of thing. But like Mm -hmm. you and I were just talking about before we hit record was we don't really know what's next. Like with Marvel, like um, they we're assuming Miss Marvel is the next thing to air, but um, there's absolutely no dates for next year. They have like five or six shows that are probably releasing next year, but we don't really know, you know, when any of those are coming out specifically like in the mm-hmm. month or whatever. So, um, so yeah, maybe they're just not, not ready to, and Spider-Man's already out. Like, I don't know the timing of it's, I think kind of weird. Like, I don't know that there's really anything they could have really telegraphed. I guess the next Marvel movie or whatever, um, which is that, Doctor Strange, or is that, or is there something? It is. That? When's Doctor that coming Strange, out? May six. Yeah, see, that's pretty far out. Um, I don't know. I guess they could have done six months. Isn't too bad. They could do. They could have done Doctor Strange, but you know, we kind of just got that um, with another thing that came out recently. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, we're really excited to talk about Hawkeye. I think um, so. This will be kind of a different, a much shorter episode. A uh, different episode of Disney Plus reviews. We're actually recording this um, from the past. <laughs> that uh, we're going to uh, release this episode after Christmas, but Grant and I are actually recording this before Christmas. Um, so if there's like a big news news story that comes out over the Christmas weekend or on Chris- Christmas Day or something like that. Um, you know, Disney Plus goes down for three days or something like that. Like we didn't know that that happened. So you know, we'll um, I guess talk about it in you know a week and a half uh, from now uh, as far as you know, the time that we're recording this. So, um, but yeah, this will actually re- release after Christmas day. We, we still wanted to bring in an episode, even though we're not recording um, the week um, after Christmas. So, uh, and we obviously are really excited to talk about the finale of Hawkeye and didn't want to delay on that. So, um, so that's kind of what's going on. That's why we don't have a lot of news is we haven't really, you know, had a lot of time just a couple of days since we recorded the last episode. So I did want to do grant with your permission, Santa Paws 2, the Santa Pups review. This is the next. Oh, uh, yes. 
the next in, in a long line of puppies reviews from uh, our own Rick Ives. I've really enjoyed uh, reading these, especially these very timely holiday themed puppies movies. So yeah, I can't wait to hear what happens next. <laughs> we gotta we gotta stay stay up to speed with the puppies saga, the, the puppies franchise, as it were. Um, For sure. So here is again, if you've not been following the show. Uh, an adult review. Rick Ives is an adult man who watches these movies with his children, um, and so it's it's a it's an adult recent review. I think he's watched these movies this year of uh, the 2012 release of from the um, uh, Airbud. It's like Airbud's puppies have like mm-hmm. all these like straight to video releases, and this one is called Santa Paws Two, the sequel, The Santa Pups. Uh, so this is Rick. He says. Skipping over a couple of movies in the release chronology to keep in the Christmas spirit to the long-awaited sequel to Santa Paws. Santa Paws had puppies. This entry centers on Mrs. Claus going to any town USA as some sort of Christmas ambassador. As is Buddy's tradition, the North Pole pups stow away in the sleigh, seeing this as an, a perfect opportunity for them to prove they understand the true spirit of Christmas. Unfortunately, they accidentally cast a contagious Christmas cold on the town <clears throat> and have to save Christmas before it infects everyone faster than fake news on Facebook. Can you believe that? Oh, no. Uh, some interesting casting here. George Newbern is a side role here. You might recognize his face from the Father of the Bride movies. Okay. okay. Um, the little orphan girl from the last movie is back again in a new role. She still has a dead mom, poor girl. Uh, but the fact that she's not the same girl from New York left my five-year-old feeling very confused. Uh, the claws, the clauses have somehow aged backwards. And Mrs. Claus is looking good now. She's now being played by a different actress, Cheryl Ladd, one of the originals, Charlie Angels. Uh, this left me feeling very confused. I, I, I want to insert something here. I hate it when the movies do this. Like, I understand <laughs> sometimes you have to do that. Like with um, uh, Dumbledore, like they had like a different Dumbledore after the first couple movies. Uh, so they had to recast him. Um, they, they did that with, um, um, oh my God. Uh, to Iron Man's sidekick. I'm totally blanking. Iron um, Patriot. Yeah, the, the, so they that, that was a recast, right? Like the I can't yeah. remember the original actor's name, um, but yeah, they recast him after the first movie. I think it was. Um, sometimes it's unavoidable, but like sometimes it's like, oh well, we just didn't reach a contract agreement or something like that. And I mean, like they, in the case of Dumbledore, like the, the actor died. Like they literally could not have him come back uh, for the third movie. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I, if it's unavoidable, I get it. But um, yeah, it's kind of stupid when they do that outside of that. But Yeah, it is. Um, he says, except for Mrs. Smoke Show Claus, this has been the least entertaining movie so far. The songs are boring and forgettable. Oh, this is a musical as well. Uh, the acting is more community theater than ever. Not a single joke landed for me. Oof, woof. Uh, I guess I'm not really sure what I was hoping for. Anyway, uh, thank you, Buddy's Christmas spinoff musical movie for another quiet weekend night. Five out of five puff, pups. So, yeah, he's definitely watching these movies just to, like, have, like, you know, just, like, quiet time. <laughs> I, I can totally resonate with that as a father. Uh, we do that a lot as well um, when we just kind of need, like, the kids just to kind of settle down and just sit still and not like rampage around the house. Like maybe we're trying to clean the house. Maybe we're trying to get laundry done, get dinner ready. Uh, it's nice just to kind of put on a movie. So I don't know yeah. that I would, I don't know that I would put on these movies. Grant, are you going to show these <laughs> movies to your kids someday? Probably not. <laughs> Probably do Airbud and Airbud, the golden receiver. And that's yes. probably about it. Yeah, there's enough in Golden Receiver. I, I haven't seen the original Airbud in a long, long time, but we watched uh, Golden Receiver for the Horrible Movie Podcast. And mm-hmm. um, I remember thinking it was pretty bad. I mean, the, that's why it was on the Horrible Movie Podcast. Yeah. But um, n- not thinking it was like the worst thing I'd ever seen. Like there were like a few funny moments here and there. Um, a lot of the acting is bad, but a couple of the actors are, are doing okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, pretty much all that's left in the show uh, for day for today is the Hawkeye finale. Now, you probably guessed this by now, but it's going to be full spoilers. So, um, if you've not seen the finale of the show, um, there's 
quite a few surprises I would say here and there. And it's just a lot of fun uh, to watch. So um, I would recommend hitting pause right now, go watch the finale and come back. If you're not watching the show at all and don't care about spoilers or of course, if you've already seen it, you know, just go ahead and continue on and listen with us. Um, we'll do that review. Um, and then um, I've got a couple things you know, in, in the what else have you been watching on Disney Plus segment that we do at the end. And of course, we'll do what's new on Disney Plus. But that'll be pretty much be it for uh, today's show. So, Grant, let's start with you. Um, what was your take on the, the finale? It's really good. Um I would say as far as the finale goes, I would say from start to finish of the finales, this is probably my favorite finale Um, because the action really never stops. Yeah. And there's just so much going on. And the difference between the Loki finale and this one is when they finally introduce the new character, um, the new character was kicking butt. When which in the Loki finale, uh, Jonathan Majors uh, Kang really didn't do much, oh, and it yeah. was kind of a more boring finale. So if I had to rate the finales, this would probably be the best out of the four then it'd probably be WandaVision, then probably Loki, then probably Falcon and Winter Soldier. Huh, okay. So the, of the four, I mean, we've been pretty hard on the show overall. Uh, I think you and I are going to be pretty high on this episode, but um, this is probably your least favorite. I'm, tell me if I'm putting words in your mouth, your least favorite Marvel show, but your favorite ending to a show. I'd say Falcon and Winter Soldier is worse than this one. Oh, Okay. Okay, so you ended up liking Hawkeye just a little bit better than Falcon. Yeah. Okay. I'd go Loki, WandaVision, Hawkeye, and then Falcon Winter Soldier. Okay. Yeah, I think I liked Falcon a little bit better, a little more than you did. Um, I uh, They're very close to, for me, though. Like, I think most people are going to say in, when they're ranking them of the 2021 shows, we'll see what we get next year. But of the shows that came out this year that they're going to have some semblance of WandaVision and Loki in the one and two spot is, is my guess. Um, And then uh, Falcon and Hawkeye could be interchangeable as well. You know, the three and four Mm -hmm. spot for both of those. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's some people out there that just, you know, Falcon's their favorite show or whatever, but um, of the people that I've talked to, that's kind of, kind of where people have landed. Um, I think I would put Falcon as number three Um, Hawkeye, very close four after that. Um, I, for me, I liked, what I liked about Falcon and, and, you know, contrarily what I didn't like about Hawkeye is Hawkeye is a little bit too small of a, of a story um, that I'm, than what I prefer to see in these kind of shows. Um, Now you could maybe argue that for WandaVision, but WandaVision was very intrigued. Why it was, I think was so high that it just put Mm -hmm. me over the, over the top, but um, like really like all of Hawkeye just takes place just in like this one borough of New York really. And um, there are lots and lots of characters, which I think is is great. But I thought there were some really enjoyable characters in Falcon as well. And just like the world, the globe travelingness of Falcon, I think just um, really impressed me. Like I love going to like seeing it, it's the James Bond. I love James Bonds, and it that mm-hmm. that show felt like Bond to me. Like where they're just going from country to country and um, traveling around with Zemo and just all of his stupid antics and stuff like that. Like I, I just really enjoyed the ride of of that show. There were some down moments, and I would say even down episodes for sure in that in that season, which again puts it kind of on the same level as. Hawkeye for me. Um, I did love the Hawkeye finale, which we'll, we'll get back to here, here but, um, but yeah, they're, they're both of those shows. I think, I think we agree that they're both really close to each other as far as uh, mm-hmm. impact. I, I think the, the ones that people are going to remember from this year are probably not Hawkeye or Falcon. It's, it's the other two. So yeah, that's um, probably correct. But, but let's get back to you. What, what, um, what were some of the highlights of the Hawkeye finale? Uh, definitely the, entrance of kingpin um i feel like there's one way of doing it where they keep kind of like with what they did with thanos so he's coming he's coming he's coming and then it takes us 10 years to get thanos (laughs) 
But in this one, we got a pretty much a full episode of Kingpin. And uh, Vincent D'Onofrio did an outstanding job. Um, you definitely wonder what the role of Kingpin is going forward. Um, I definitely think he's still alive. Yeah. Um, obviously, the reason they um, went away from the camera and didn't show the gun going off is because they want you to think he's dead, but he's probably not. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I agree with you. I think other people that think he's dead would probably say that they move the camera just because it's not R-rated. Like, this isn't like a... It's on Disney Plus for a reason. Like, they, they're not going to show, like, a bloody death by gunfire. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't know. I, I don't agree with that. I, th- I think there's still a way you could show it without blood. Um, that Oh, yeah, for sure. You still know he's going down. But anyway, continue. Yeah. And then um, just the whole fight scene from the start. I mean minus like the first like couple minutes like three or four minutes everything's pretty much action from there on out which um i definitely said this a couple times to caitlin when the whole fight scene on the ice rink was going down that's just like how many tracksuit guys are we going (laughs) to see (laughs) yeah yeah they just kept coming at one point you see like it's not even all of them, but it's like, you know, a third of them or whatever that are just on the ice. And there's like, there's like eight or nine of them on just the yeah. ice that he's taking out. They're all on their backs. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how many there's, but he takes out at least like 25 or 30 of these guys. And then we found out that Kazi's definitely not Hawkeye because he literally can't hit the <laughs> side of a <laughs> barn Yeah, when he's trying to snipe people. Um, I, uh, was talking to our friend Jack about this yesterday and I was like, Kazi literally is that guy on Fortnite who wants to try and snipe people, but has no business trying to <laughs> snipe people. <laughs> yeah. That's a good comparison. I like that. Um, yeah, I, that is the one. I wouldn't say negative. That was the one letdown uh, for me in this episode. Uh, by and large, I was really actually very pleased with the episode. But um, Kazi, I, to me, was just kind of the—he just kind of landed with a big thud for me in the show. Like I, I thought he would be somewhat formidable, especially when you kind of realize he's in with Kingpin and he's going to be like the guy that's going to take out Maya and you know other people and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he, he talks a big game, and then. Again, he he can't he can't hit a shot. I don't think he actually fires on anyone, like any of the civilians or anything. Um, nope. Um, he gets into that fight with Clint, Clint, and in like twenty two seconds or whatever, completely gets taken down by by Clint Barton. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, he has like an even shorter. It's like a twelve or thirteen second fight with Maya at the end, and she stabs him, and he's <laughs> he's dead. I, I guess. Um, I was just like, dude, like that just amounted to a whole lot of nothing didn't it <laughs> so yeah um yeah Not a I, very good fighter no i i really expected that they would do more with him and they just they just didn't um which was fine they had plenty of other bad guys including kingpin like you said um but apparently for the tryouts for kingpin's <laughs> right hand man yeah kazi must have uh done some brown nosing <laughs> yeah yeah, on the on the application for the role, it said you know uh, required, and then recommended was like can fight, <laughs> and he just yeah. he was so good at acting. They're like, all right, yeah, you got the job. He must be a good baker or something. <laughs> uh, recommended was also like can can sign like can do ASL sign language. Yeah, and he was like, yes, I could do that. And they're like, okay, you're hired. <laughs> so um by the way i and i wanted to ask you this question that just since we're on the topic we can get back to you know the high points but the girl the girl that plays maya in this show i don't know the actress's name we can look her up um is she is she like she's not actually deaf i'm assuming maybe she is her her signing is like 
impeccable. And I'm not like, I, I don't know how to sign. I'm just saying I've seen people like interpreters and stuff like that sign at events and things like that. And her, her ability to sign in the show is so good to the point where like, yeah. I, I have to, I mean, either she just spent months and months training on sign language, which I'm sure you can do and get really good at it. Um, just like, you know, people have to train to do, you know, combat and martial arts and stuff for a movie or whatever, but it looks so natural, like to the point where like Kazi's sign doesn't look natural. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio's sign doesn't look natural. And you could argue that, you know, those characters, if it's for those characters, like Kingpin doesn't really have to sign, you know. She is deaf. She is. Okay. That makes perfect Mm -hmm. sense. Wow. And she also is an amputee with a prosthetic leg. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Did you know any of that? Nope. Oh, that makes me respect her even more. That's great. Yep. Her name's Alec. Qua Cox. Okay. And she's actually in her real life is deaf and has a prosthetic yep. She was born deaf. And she went to the Wisconsin School for the Deaf. And she's also an amputee with a prosthetic leg. But has not publicly revealed how she was injured. Wow. That's great. That's awesome. I, I thought they were doing like clever um uh, green screen CGI stuff with her leg. And um, again, I was so impressed with her ability to sign that I was like, either she has like, either she's deaf or she is not deaf, but has like a deaf sister or mother or something like, you know, like you can tell this mm-hmm. girl has been signing her entire life. It's, it's very natural. Um, unless she, again, just did an incredible job of faking it, but um, that's great. I I'm so glad to to learn that about her. That's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's also her first acting job as well. Wow, good for her. I thought she was, I thought she was powerful. Like her eyes and um, how she was able to convey just true like pain and hurt and um, disdain for everyone that's around her, um, even like her closest, you know, colleagues and friends like Kazi and stuff like that. I was like, dude, this girl is a force. Like she's really phenomenal. Um, you know, I I still. Uh, enjoy watching like other characters like Yelena and and it really I guess Kate kind of towards the end kind of really kind of turned me around but dude um th- yeah her th- that girl that plays Maya is just really phenomenal um I, I I thought this was the episode where I was like dude she's like legit good and so I don't know that yeah, apparently they were looking for a deaf actress in, in particular okay mm-hmm um, yeah, I think that's really smart. They've had, yeah. they've had, a, I, the, the other girl I haven't looked up is the girl from Eternals that, uh, the movie Eternals where, uh, mm-hmm. one of the characters signs and she may also be, you know, deaf in real life as well. So yeah, I really liked her a lot too. And I, I don't know if she's actually deaf or not, but, um, she was, I thought really phenomenal too. So, um, yeah, I just really enjoyed the, the actress that was playing Maya and, um she was just she was just a lot of fun to watch i don't know if they'll use her again in future shows or movies whatever but i would i would love to see more of her especially now that she's like a good guy now kind of um mm-hmm. the, the thing is is like they pretty much wrapped up her character pretty neatly at the end of that episode like she's like i want out i you know i'm done you know i basically was just in, in this for revenge and you know that's where it ends for me and so maybe i don't know that we actually will see her again but she was great. Well, we're getting the Echo show. Oh, I took dude, I totally forgot about that. That's her show, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm um yeah, I knew that that sh- I knew that show was coming. I literally just looked at that list and saw the Echo show. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I um it'll be interesting to see how um I mean, I don't really think of disabilities as disabilities. Like, I mean, she's mm-hmm. obviously she that that girl makes more money than you and I will ever make in like 10 oh, lifetimes yeah, for sure <laughs> so like it's it's weird to t- talk about you know her inability to do certain things as a disability um she's obviously mm-hmm. very capable but um I do wonder like how they'll shoot that show um uh, I guess it'll be just a lot of subtitles um you know her character doesn't speak so um you know, it'll just be, I, I just don't know how she'll have to either, either only be around people that know how to interpret sign 
or she just won't speak to people. I, I don't know. Or we should go through an interpreter like she did with that one scene with Kingpin. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they pull that off, but yeah, great. I, I totally yeah. forgot we, we're getting more Maya coming. So um, cool. What, what were some, some big scenes? We talked about kind of the, the fight scene on the ice. I thought that was a really big one. Um, we haven't talked about the party at all. We, I guess we could talk about that. Um, one of the big things, which I mean, anybody that's listened to us in the past knows that we're very high on Yelena, but I mean, her scene with Kate is just phenomenal. Yeah. And just them going back and forth. And I mean, Florence Pugh is a star. Yeah. And, um, hopefully we get a lot of her coming forward. Um, because she's just so good at what she does. It starts with that little slap fight. It's just uh, <laughs> yep. succinctly in the elevator, and and um, they're just kind of fighting over the buttons on the elevator. It was it was mm-hmm. small and cute, but I loved it. Um, and then um, uh, Kate like channels her her inner uh, uh, elf, like the elf movie. Yep, with Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. and just like hits all the buttons. And I just laughed and laughed. I thought that was so great. Um, Yelena, she's a really intricate character in in her mood, I think. Um, She is very much don't mess with me and I'm better than you. Um, But then like Kate can still get the best of her in like some very like surprising ways. And I just, I like those interactions. Um, I don't know how they shot that. They shot that scene where they're fighting like through the offices. So like they're just going from office to mm-hmm. office on like whatever the you know seventy eight floor or whatever, and um, yeah. and just and just you know going from room to room. They're like people are on their laptops trying to get work done, and they're just fighting through the offices. And that camera just like one shots like slides to the left as it's following mm-hmm. them down the hallway. I just I love the way that that was shot. Yeah, it was a just a phenomenal scene right there. And then Yelena jumps out of the window and runs down the, the building and shoots at Clint. I thought that was really cool. Yep. And she, uh, she uh, channeled her inner Kazi with yeah. a terrible shot. <laughs> yeah. I thought for sure, like, cause you were on the last, last episode of our show, you were, you, you weren't predicting necessarily, but you were saying like, Oh, I wonder if Clint gets killed in this episode. And I was right there with you. I was just like, yeah, that seems like a fitting end for his character. Like he's, mm-hmm. yeah, they've kind of sunsetted him in a lot of ways already. Uh, seems like this could be his moment to go out in glory, you know, saving the world or whatever. And so, um, or at least saving New York. And so um, when she fired that shot, I was like, okay, I think this is it. And she missed and he like, you know, Bought some guys, jumped out the window, landed in the tree. I was like, okay, I guess maybe he survives this. So, yeah. So, um, that was a scene that really stuck out to me. And then the other one is just the fight scene between Kate and Kingpin, where you just really, I mean, you don't quite probably see which of course I haven't seen the daredevil series. So you probably don't quite see what Kingpin's capable of, but you definitely get a very good idea of how strong of a fighter he is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you need to see daredevil for sure? Um, he's, I think he's maybe a little less brutal um, in this one. Um, I, I don't even want really want to spoil some of the things he does in daredevil. Cause it's like, really shocking when you see it it's very bloody yeah. um that shows are rated to the max um so you know it's i knew we were going to get less violence from him if we saw any violence mm-hmm. i didn't even know if his character would show violence um he's obviously very violent uh, towards the end but um it's still definitely like a pg-13 version of kingpin which is fine i i, I think i really am okay with that uh because that's, yeah. that's what the show is trying to be um so, but uh they you know, even in PG-13, they can still make it look brutal. And he is definitely brutal in, in that scene in the store. So first of all, he gets hit by a car, like a car, like yeah. rams into him. Is, is Eleanor driving that car? Yes. 
Okay, I, that's what I thought, but I, I didn't know if they showed her. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Carr like you know slams him into the through the window of this store. He goes flying into it, and he's down. And if you know Kingpin from the Daredevil show, you're like, not, I mean, you're like, okay, he's not dead for sure. Like anyone else could get hit by a car, or fly through the window of a store, and be dead, dead, dead. But there's no way that's going to happen for him. Then he takes an arrow in the chest, and he just like flicks it mm-hmm. off like it's nothing, and then. Dude, I love that he, she, again, kind of like Yelena, she is like a fly on the wall to him. Like, he's just like, I don't care about you. I'm not here for you. Go away, little girl. And yeah. he keeps trying to like walk out of the store. He's just trying to get out. Like, he's not even trying to kill her, fight her or anything. He's just like, get go away from me. Leave me alone. I'm, I've got business to attend to. And he starts to walk out and she jumps on him and he like fl- throws her away like she's nothing. I mean, she's, you know... Mm-hmm. 130 pounds or I don't know you know she's a third of his weight and so like he flings her aside and then she does it again and he flings her to the side then she does it again and I was like that's cool like he's not he's not even fighting her he's walking away from her and even though she's just gonna destroy him she's he's gonna destroy her every single time she keeps going at it that just shows her tenacity and that's what I like about Kate yeah and I mean, I definitely, the three people that I would say I hope we get more of going forward are Kingpin, Elena, and Kate. I feel like all three of them, and Maya too, which we already know we're going to get more of, but yeah. basically just saying the ones we're not um, exactly sure about. Uh, I hope we get more of those three as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was great that I was, I was really locked in um, to the fight scene in the store with, with Kingpin. Um, and of course how she like, dude, the, I, I didn't think that they would ever bring it back. I thought it was just a throwaway scene, but they, they brought back the the snap uh, thing. Yep. Where, um, I don't know what she flicked. It was some kind of like electrical device. Yeah. Something. I'm not really sure it what it was. So like he snapped all the arrows like like they're twigs, you know, yeah. and um, she snapped, you know, the finger snap thing that they were practicing in the apartment comes back here and she basically lights up all the arrows that are on the ground. It's like it, it, it mm-hmm. activates all of them like simultaneously. And it's, it's like a bomb, like a mini bomb, like a grenade goes off in that in that store and he just goes completely up in smoke. He's still not dead <laughs> even after that. Yeah. At least he's incapacitated, which was kind of the whole point. She was just trying to get him uh, away from her mom. You know, he clearly wanted to kill kill Eleanor. So, um, yeah, I thought that was great. Um, the one I, I'm looking through my notes. The one thing that's cool that Kazi did was he catches an arrow. I I, I, yeah. was, I, I was like I, when when Hawkeye when Clint fires that arrow at him and he and the other two guys to his left and right go down and he doesn't because he caught it. I was also kind of like okay like i guess i guess if you're fast enough but at the same time i was like okay we have to give him something cool to do because he's kind of lame outside of that so yeah pretty much what do you think of the larpers um i (laughs) i've not really been enthused with these guys for the most part um they they used them quite a bit in this episode i'm I'm not sure how i feel about it (laughs) yeah what's what's your opinion on it i mean i feel like they're there to put some comedy in it yeah but other than that i don't really feel like they serve much of a purpose what was the whole point of them getting into cost they got into costume because i i think they wanted to (laughs) basically make it look like they were superheroes as well okay and so by them ushering people out they must think that they're I mean, they kind of looked like from Asgard almost. Yeah. So maybe people would get the hint that somebody more important is trying to help us out. So we maybe should listen to them. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I, I didn't think about it that way. Um, yeah, because they were like in, they were undercover as like waiters or whatever. So they were still wearing those outfits. Um, but they uh, get out of those outfits change into their LARPing costumes and then now the people mm-hmm. take them seriously. So um yeah, I guess that's what they were doing there. But 
Um, I don't know. I could have, I really could have, you could have removed the LARPers from the whole plot of the entire yeah. show. And it, I don't think it would have bothered me one bit. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so I guess those are my two, two biggest negatives with the episode is just involving the LARPers at all. I, I just, here, here's, here's the disconnect for me. Um, Hawkeye, Clint literally just looked Kate in the face and said, you're not my partner anymore. I'm talking about in the fourth episode, you're not my mm-hmm. partner anymore. It's too dangerous. Go home and let me handle this. But then like, 18 hours later, whatever he tells all these people who cannot fight in real life um, and like puts them right on the front line of like active shooter. I, I don't know. It just, it felt really just not consistent with what we knew about Clint. Um, I, 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 I had trouble going along with that part of it. Um, yeah. But whatever. It's a show. I mean, there's certain things you have to do corners you have to cut, but um, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, what were, what, were, what were a couple of your favorite trick arrows in this episode? Uh, let's see. They had like eyes. Uh, there's like a rocket that was like propelling them into the air. There's, I mean, the elect the electric arrow was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the magnet arrow that pretty much took all their weapons. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it disarmed all of them. Yeah. Um, probably the best one was the Ant-Man one. Yeah. Which just shrunk everything. Yeah, there's like this truck that's like flying flying into the air, like flying into, onto the ice rink, basically. And it, he basically turns it into a toy car and that owl like swoops down and takes it away. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty that was pretty good for comedic effect too. Like, I laughed. Yeah, it was pretty funny to just watch the owl just take it all away. <laughs> there was that one that like basically created like a giant, for lack of a better term, like a giant bounce house. It was like a mm-hmm. balloon type thing that like it, he shot it at their feet, and it like you know basically like you know this giant bounce house creates in like two seconds, and it sends them flying into the air. Um, I'm always wondering, like, how many of these people he's legit killing when he does stuff like this. Like, some of them are like explosive arrows and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, that guy's probably dead. But <laughs> um, I guess they are being attacked when he shoots them. But um, yeah, I thought I, it's always cool to see those trick arrows. It's kind of that, like, um, you know, like, oh, you know, kind of moment, like, oh, what's he going to do now? Um, yeah. So, and I, I thought the payoff was pretty good. They keep changing up those arrows. Like, I, I keep thinking mm-hmm. like we're gonna they see do. like another one that's like the the arrow that um pulled all the uh Christmas trees into that vehicle is like okay, you know, they used it in that episode and then we never saw it again. Like they keep coming up with you know more and more cool ideas for air- trick arrows. So um yeah, I thought that was cool. Um let's see what else. Boy, I think we may have covered all the biggest things. I'm just kind of going over my notes here. Um, I guess the very last thing is Clint get, uh, gets back to the farm um, and he's in time for Christmas. So yeah, <laughs> that, that was a big an- a question on our, our on our minds. The whole season was, is he going to make it back in time? And he does. Uh, brings Kate with him, brings uh, Lucky the pizza dog, um, which I don't know that they, they call him pizza dog at, at a couple points during the show in the comic book, he's called lucky the pizza dog. That's what, that's what, um, what Kate calls him in the comic book. Okay. And in the, this episode that she calls him lucky, but I, I couldn't, I think that they may have, she may have let that fly earlier in the season. And they also call him. Yeah. Pizza dog, I think she did. I don't know that they ever in the show called him lucky, the pizza dog, which is kind of weird to me um, that they would make all those references and not actually like come out and say it. But, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was cool that they brought the dog with them and uh, Clint makes a joke of like, you know, um, a couple strays followed me home or whatever. Yeah, I would say the only thing that we really missed was the interaction between Yelena and Clint. Oh, yeah. Talk about that. No, that was a huge scene. So basically, um, they both come down to the ice and Elena is just Clint's trying to explain himself about what happened to Natasha and everything. And she's not having any of it. And 
you it definitely looks like she's about to kill him and then he ends up like doing uh natasha's secret whistle and Mm -hmm. then she finally just stops and realizes that he's actually telling the truth and she pretty much just spares his life and that's pretty much the last you see of yelena yeah yeah that was cool like she literally has like a gun trained on him and she's ready to to you know carry out her mission um you know she's it's kind of like a double mission like Eleanor had hired her. So she's like a hired assassin, but she's also doing it mm-hmm. for, you know, personal reasons. Um, but in the end, can't go through with either reason to kill him, which I thought that was really great. And I, to me, it, it was the, by the end of that conversation, brief as it was, you saw two people that were the same. They were both yeah. broken people that missed Natasha that wanted her back in their lives. And um, I don't know. I just thought that was really, there was something really sweet about that. It was emotional, like just to see both of them mm-hmm. really in pain um, and um, empathizing with each, with each other. Like they're like, he's yeah. saying, I know your pain. She's has to admit, yes, I know your pain as well. So mm-hmm. was the um, secret whistle, was that from the Black Widow movie? I would assume so. I mean, I haven't gone back and watched it since we saw it in theaters, but I would imagine that's where it's from. Yeah. I, I tell you what, nothing has made me want to go back and watch that movie more than the show. <laughs> yeah. I just love Elena so much. And, and uh, to, to go back and see her now that knowing what we know now about how everything mm-hmm. ends up, um, I would love to go back and, and watch that movie again and just see the two of them, like their, their relationship with each other. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that thank you. That that was a great. That was a huge scene. Obviously, one of the biggest scenes in the in the episode. So, um, yeah, that was great. Uh, they burned the Ronin outfit outfit, uh, the costume with fire uh, at the yep. end, and uh, and it's gone. And then, um, I don't know if it's a tease of like what we're gonna get in the future or whatever. But um, Kate is like throwing out all those names she's like well how about lady hawk do you like hawk eve how about hawk shots lady arrow <laughs> like she's like how you know what how about all these names whatever and then the last line from clint in the show is well actually i had an idea dot 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 and like you don't hear what he says so i'm assuming that means that she's gonna be back and we'll have like some non-hawkeye name um that they'll like retire that jersey basically um and give her her own name but I would be okay with either yeah. one. I I almost wonder mm-hmm. if he. I want. I almost wonder if the end of his sentence is um, actually. I have an idea. How about Hawkeye? Yeah. Which um, I read an article um, about that, and all the ones that she was listing off have been common uh, names for her in the comic books. Except the only one they left off was Hawkeye, really. So, okay, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the name going forward. Yeah, yeah, I that seems to be the most obvious answer is that they'll just make her the new Hawkeye. Like they'll just she'll take that mantle, she'll take that name. Um, I mean, kind of like um, uh, a Falcon. I can't remember the character's name um sam wilson yeah i mean he's he's gonna be i don't know if they're they're gonna call him captain falcon or captain america but um he is essentially you know the second captain america so um yeah and then like i said at the end uh after credits we got the the full song of um i'm assuming that song is called i could do this all day from rogers the musical um here's here's what i want to know here's what how i want to end this unless you have any other thoughts on the on the episode, but um, let's say that they're actually, let's say that Marvel actually makes a, an actual musical, like a real musical called Rogers and musical. There's enough like fan, you know, requests and reaction from the show, from the Hawkeye show that they say, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just give the people what they want. We're going to put mm-hmm. on Broadway, real Broadway, Rogers, the musical, it, you know, and you can go see it. Like you get you get free tickets to New York and you can go see it. Do you do you ever watch this musical on Broadway? 
Probably not. <laughs> I feel like there's so many other things that I would <laughs> want to see on Broadway before this. Yeah. But uh, by the way, this is not a spoiler at all for Spider-Man. <laughs> if you've not seen Spider-Man, I'm not, this is just, I didn't even see it when I, when I saw it, when I went to go see the movie, both Grant and I have seen Spider-Man No Way Home, but uh, this is not at all a spo- spoiler for anything that happens in that movie. Um, one of the, I was listening to a podcast where they, they, uh, it was on Sip Pop. They were talking about, did you see, there was a poster for Rogers the Musical in the background of one of the shots of New York City in that movie. Did you see that? I think I think I remember that. Yeah. But like, that's so awesome because that movie I'm sure was supposed to come out like a year ago and that, and then the show Hawkeye got delayed. Like I, I, I think it's really cool when they do crossover stuff like that. And for mm-hmm. all we know, it was like a late CGI decision that somebody made like, you know, six months before the movie <laughs> released, like they had the, the, the movie done and they're like, Hey, wait, just go back and just put in this one image or something like that. Who knows how they did it. But um, I think that's pretty clever how they kind of cross that stuff over. And it's like, okay, like in Sp- the, during the events of Spider-Man No Way Home, Rogers the Musical is on, <laughs> is on Broadway. So. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on, on uh, this episode or just the season? as a whole did this kind of redeem the season for you yeah um i definitely feel like this last episode definitely took this uh show up a lot higher for me yeah and that's what ultimately uh did it uh when comparing it to falcon wear soldier is the finale was just a lot better. I feel like in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I also felt that way. Like I was like, wow, that, that episode was so good that it really brought the whole season up for a notch, a couple notches for me. Um, I also had a feeling of like, why did they wait until the very last episode? Like, couldn't we have gotten some of these scenes like action scene? Like what? It just felt like, um, they just dumped everything into the final episode is, you know, money and mm-hmm. um, budget and, you know, all the shooting and stuff like that, all the action scenes, all the characters, all the actors. It was like, I don't know. I like, I really feel like they could have doled that out a little bit more evenly as opposed to just giving us like a one, you know, a one hour huge blockbuster at the end. Um, that said, it sure was an exciting hour. So, um, you know, I, I loved it either way, but yeah, that was my, like my one negative with that. I was like, okay like I, I i think i might have appreciated this kind of being spread out but um yeah but yeah it certainly was an exciting very thrilling ending to the show and it got me really hooked on these characters um you know i want to see more of everyone that's in there and i sincere, sincerely hope that that kingpin is not dead like i want to see i want to see daredevil again i want to see him fending off against kingpin like that is the the quintessential matchup so mm-hmm. so we'll see um all right um what is there anything else that you've been watching on disney plus Mm, not really uh watched uh the santa claus again the first one uh yeah okay uh i showed that to my classroom at school okay um Saw Home Alone again. Uh, home Sweet Home Alone. What do you think of it Showed the second that time? to one of my... It's not bad. Yeah. Um, I feel I, like... The, the more I think about that movie, the more I'm like... It's it's kind of endearing. Like, there's some parts of it that I kind of like. Um, yeah. Um, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, there's a couple more movies, Christmas type movies that we want to see. Um, um, almost certainly Muppet Muppets Christmas Carol's got to be on Disney, or is it not? Yeah, I think it is. Disney owns the Muppets. Um, we want to watch that probably tonight. Um, obviously, we're, we're still record- we're recording this before Christmas, as, as I said earlier. So um, we're still kind of in the Christmas mood, but um, yeah, we might watch Muppet Muppets Christmas Carol. I, I love that movie. It's the best version of christmas carol in my opinion just because it's so mm-hmm. silly and funny um i did watch one scene from muppets christmas carol because there was something that 
that uh ellie i don't talk too much about ellie on this podcast but ellie's my other daughter she's um she's only 11 months old but she was doing something that made me think of a scene in muppets christmas carol there's this uh scene if you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about uh where rizzo is um rizzo and gonzo who gonzo is like the narrator of the story and um they're trying to like look into this window into like this you know barn or whatever it is and okay. he can, they can't see inside because like the, the window is just completely um disgusting mm-hmm. and um <laughs> gonzo picks up rizzo the rat and wipes the window with him with the with his body <laughs> like just like scrubs his body across the window to like to clean the window basically and as he's okay. as he's being used as a basically like a brush for this window um he says uh thank you for making me a part of this <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty funny yeah i do love that movie so um we'll we'll try to probably try to watch that tonight um i've got a couple things i've been watching on on disney plus recently i just i i keep putting them off (laughs) i I watched these about a month ago but uh really like around thanksgiving and i'm just now talking about them but um i want to talk briefly about them it'll be like two or three minutes per but um uh, i watched the making of the black widow um show that they did this was came out a long time ago but i just i didn't see it until about a month ago um it's really good um i really enjoyed seeing how they shot some of the stuff the uh sao paulo stuff with drakov's uh daughter was Mm -hmm. actually set up in the 2012 avengers movie and i didn't remember that um there's there's only like two lines or something like that about budapest um as uh like it's hawkeye and black widow like fighting on the streets of of the mm-hmm. of, during the battle of new york like in the middle of it and okay. they talk, they're talking about like oh this is um this just reminds me of budapest or whatever and it's like it's just a throwaway line and they took like those two lines from that movie and and made like an entire film about just that and that i thought that was cool like i it's neat that they're paying fan service to the lines that that fans key in on and love mm-hmm. and want to know more about it. and they're like okay fine we'll give you what you want give you a whole movie about it um they when they were casting for the widows um so if, you, if mm-hmm. you've seen i guess some of this is going to be some spoilers for black widow i guess I, I don't intend to spoil anything for you but you know i'm just kind of talking i'll t- try to talk in generality so i don't spoil like the ending or anything but um i guess if you if you care just you know skip ahead two or three minutes here but um there are widows in the movie, the girls that are widows, let's just say, and they found, they cast um, dancers primarily, like they weren't looking for actors. Yeah. Um, so um, these are girls who are obviously very good at martial arts in the movie, but they, they're like, we want this to look like a dance. Like we wanted the choreography to be very dance-like. And so they actually cast like ballet dancers and, and things <laughs> like that, which actually kind of makes sense with Scarlett, uh, Scar- not Scarlett Johansson, um, uh, Natasha Romanoff's background is she, she started out as a, a little girl doing ballet, like in Russia and stuff yeah. like that. And so like, it actually kind of makes sense that they wanted like ballet dancers and like professional, like hip hop dancers and stuff to be the widows in the film. Yeah. Um, they taught these da- dancers. I think I wrote down Sistema. I don't know if that's right. Um, the correct spelling. But, um, it's a Russian martial art um, because it's so okay. it's, it's the, even that martial art is kind of based on ballet. And so they, they thought that they could pick it up really quick. And obviously it makes sense since, since it's in Russia. Um, the, uh, so I thought that was cool. The gulag prison scene, which is one of the most iconic scenes of kind of the breakout scene uh, when they're breaking out um, that one character from prison. Um, they were going to use snow uh, or they, they wanted it to look like snow, but they knew that they couldn't use it over like a several day shoot. And so guess what they used Grant to, to fill hmm. the place with snow salt. Every, every, every substance that you see, in that scene in those those snowy like mountain tops you know snow tops yeah. scenes is salt it's just salt everywhere huh. isn't that fascinating so they spent four days they had like a, a huge team of people four days spreading that entire area with just tons of salt i, I don't even know how many like pounds of salt they had to bring in um then get this is real life a storm came in the night before they started fil- filming and it wiped out all the salt all of it wow <laughs> so um so all for not 
Yeah. So again, they spent four days doing it and then they're like, Oh crap. Mm-hmm. And they had like a very close, very tight window that they had to shoot it. I think because of weather or something else or schedules. Yeah. And so they're like, crap, we need salt. And so I don't know how they did it, pulled it off, but like in the next 24 hours after, after the storm was done, they resalted the entire area again. So it took them four days. Huh. They worked like around the clock, 24 hours straight and, and got the whole thing salted again. So pretty crazy. Very cool. And then the last thing I wanted to uh, call out from the, the making of was um, out of, there's about 20,000 shots in, that made it to the film. You know, all those, those different cuts and stuff like that. 20,000 shots in the film maybe about 200 of them have no visual effects whatsoever. 200 out of two out of huh. 20,000. So like 19,000, 1800 shots all have some kind of like CGI, some kind of colorization, like they did something to the film and, and then the other, you know, less than 1% or whatever it is um, has, has some CGI with it. I thought that was fascinating. That is very cool. <laughs> so, um, so that's making of Black Widow. The other one, the one I watched was uh, making of What If. Um, I was not, I was not as as enthused with this making of I, of the of all the making ofs that they've done. Um, this is probably my least favorite. Um, there was, well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think this one's probably skippable. So it, I mean, it, if if you if just hearing that makes you not want to watch it, I think. I'll, I'll say like a few things I did learn from it that were kind of interesting. And I think that'll be enough for you. I, I don't think there's any, any reason to go watch it Okay. Um, outside of what I'm going to tell you. But um, so here's some of the highlights from that one. Um, so the animation in the United States really hasn't gone as cinematic as it has in other parts of the world. That's why this animation looks the way that it does. They were basically borrowing from uh, really live action photography and Mm-hmm. Um, other, you know, um, foreign animation styles to make this movie. That's why it looks different to our eyes. Okay. Uh, other pe- people from other countries actually might look kind of normal, uh, everyday animation, but to us, like it's, it's, uh, they went for like a more cinematic feel and look. Um, they said Captain Carter was a very early idea that they always knew that they wanted to do that. That's why she ends up being in that very first episode. Um, when they were talking about the plots for right, writing the stories for what if they talked about not only what they wanted to change, but also what they wanted to keep. Um, they didn't want the, um, they didn't want to change the character, the character of the characters, if that makes sense, uh, that much, even when the events change. So when, for example, like when, um, uh, T'Challa becomes Star-Lord in one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. They didn't want, okay, yeah, he's Star-Lord now because the events around his life change and he ends up going into space, you know, at a young age and all that. But they didn't want him to be like a, a bad person or like, you know, like he's not he's not conniving like um, actual Star-Lord is in Pure Quill. And so um, I thought that was, that was clever. Like I, I didn't think about that too much when we were watching the show, but if you go back and watch it now, knowing that it's like, it's clear that these characters are who they are. It's like how they were made to be. Um, they just, okay. they just, you know, live their lives differently, but their character is still the same. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know what they didn't talk about much in the, in the documentary. And I guess it's just because of the way that they shot it, how much time they had with him or something, but they mentioned Chadwick Boseman almost, almost nil. In the, in the, I was shocked by that. I thought, I thought for sure, like this would be like, you know, an in inside the studio kind of look at Chadwick Boseman doing the the what if animation stuff and like recording in the studio and like maybe even show mm-hmm. us some shots of actual Chadwick behind the mic. And they just didn't do any of that. Like, I, it was, I they must not just they just must not have that footage or his. Um, uh, late wife and estate said no i you know don't don't show any of that stuff i don't know what happened but that seems like an obvious thing to put in the the making of and they just they didn't have any of that um in the in the episode um yeah that's interesting yeah it's i maybe they'll come out and explain why later but that was a real surprise to me um a couple more things um they initially pitched uh evil thor like they were going to make again go against his character and they decided not to do that obviously but um they they were gonna go like just straight straight up evil like they were gonna make thor basically loki like he becomes he becomes loki kind of in 
in the episode and the fact that he's like, you know, party and crazy and he has to be stopped, but um, they were going to go like all the way evil with this character. And they, they ran some scripts on it and they're like, I just don't, I don't think that fits. Like, I don't think evil Thor is actually evil. I, th- I just think he's a D bag. <laughs> he's just like, you know, a guy that no one wants to be around. Um, and yeah. so, so yeah, that's how that episode kind of came about. And then um, uh, last thing I wrote down was they announced that, uh, Captain Carter and the Watcher will be working together in season two. So um, those two characters, uh, Captain Carter and the Watcher, are like joining forces to pull off some kind of plot, you know, plan, operation, or whatever in season two. So okay. Um, so yeah, I that's I don't know. I I I thought like some of the things they dropped were pretty interesting, but overall, I was I was expecting them to show more of like how they drew like watch like a pencil or drawing or um mm-hmm. watch our, our our favorite actors behind microphones and they just they just didn't do any of that it was so weird um so unfortunately not not at all was I, what i was expecting um all right uh we'll end with what's new on disney plus this week um this will be a pretty short uh edition of that as um uh for us it's as we're recording this it's next week but for you guys that are listening to this it's, it's this uh, current week there's not a whole lot coming uh I mean, there's a couple of big things that are coming out but there's not like a long list um okay. so uh this wednesday december 29th uh obviously the thing we're most excited for a lot of fans are excited for uh star wars the book of boba fett episode one um very very excited for this um i'm gonna just read this little synopsis here it says the book of boba fett a thrilling Star Wars adventure finds legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shand navigating the galaxy's underworld when they return to the sands of Tatooine to stake their claim on the territory once ruled by Jabba the Hutt and his crime syndicate, um, which jives really well with the trailer that we saw. We kind of see him sitting on the throne and, um, you know, just kind of standing in for Jabba basically. So um, I just, I like the idea of like in the underworld, there's a vacuum, right? Like, um, a bad a super bad guy crime underworld you know super boss dies um you know that vacuum has to be filled like you know someone has to take that place and continue and it's going to be boba fed and fennec shand which um bring it on i can't wait um i know you're you're going to be watching the show are you excited about the show yeah um it's probably second place to mandalorian for you but Oh yeah, for sure. I would say I'm more excited for Mandalorian season three, but still going to watch Book of Boba Fett. And I mean, it's been a while since we've gotten more Star Wars content. So yeah, I'm excited to see that come back. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait. So unfortunately um, it's just a few days away. Um, Tots season three. This is one of uh, Jordan's favorite shows. It's a Disney junior show. Um, all of season three is coming out. Um, Grant, this you'll be thrilled to know that this is a show about um, uh, the tiny ones transport service Tots T O T S, um, which are basically animals that deliver newborn baby animals to their hmm. parents. Okay. <laughs> Have I convinced you to watch it yet? <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. jordan loves it uh your kids will be thrilled that season three is coming out uh this week uh the ghost and holly mcgee uh an animated buddy comedy um oh molly uh so molly mcgee and the t- t- titular molly in the show is voiced by ashley birch who does a lot of video game um video games i'm sure you've played actually uh grant um she does a lot of voice over stuff for video games is in that show um, okay yeah this looks like a you know, for kids type of show. And that is it for Wednesday. Just a few things. Uh, the big thing obviously being star Wars, uh, for Friday, December 31st, New Year's Eve, um, we're getting the eighties top 10. Um, this is very much, uh, seems to be kind of in line with what you might expect to get actually on New Year's Eve. Um, it's Rob Lowe, um, doing like top 10 countdowns of the 1980s, uh, pop culture it's not just like the music but um gadgets toys fast foods commercials so uh, if you're a child of the 80s um this would probably speak speak to you um talking about the launch of mtv and the macintosh and teddy ruxpin and so on so uh, hmm. 80s uh memory lane basically is what that is um here's one that i was not expecting to come 
Grant. Um, it's called Something's Coming, West Side Story, a special edition of 2020. So this is um, a, basically a behind the scenes, I think like maybe a making of type of thing, but for the St- Steven Spielberg West Side Story that just came out in theaters. I thought huh. this was really strange. Like, I have they done this a lot outside of Marvel? I feel like it, it's mostly the Avengers Assembled or whatever, like making of series that they've done this yeah, kind of thing with. I don't know. I haven't seen anything. So, yeah, I guess. It's interviews with the, with the um, uh, Oscar-nominated actors and on the set and, um, you know, interviewing uh, Spielberg himself and just talking about the making of that movie. So, um, Very cool. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, I think it's probably mostly for people who have seen the film, but... Um, yeah, I but, yeah. imagine that's coming out on uh, New Year's Eve as, as well. And Grant, my friend, that is it. So it is a very light week for Disney Plus releases. Of course, um, if you haven't seen Encanto yet, that released uh, around, I think, on Christmas Eve, uh, that's a must-watch. Uh, definitely check that one out if you didn't check it out uh, during the week of Christmas. Um, and then, of course, get excited for uh, Boba, Fett, Boba Fett on Wednesday this week. But it's the holidays. Uh, you know, people are spending time with family. I, I just don't think they're going to do any really major releases this week. So, uh, except yeah, for, except for Boba Fett, man. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. All right. It's um, coming. And so on next week's episode, this will be after the new year starts. It'll be our first episode in the new year. Um, we'll uh, obviously do we're gonna watch book of boba fett episode one talk about it um i guess that's probably it for that episode with premieres we usually just kind of leave it i'm guessing there will be a lot to unpack yeah okay we'll just do that um that one might be a a shorter episode as well but um it'll be fun to talk about some more star wars stuff like you said like you said it's been what almost a year i guess since we got any new star wars content so i'm pretty pumped um, I guess live action Star Wars, I should say it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's the next week on the show. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. Let us know what you want to hear about on this podcast or send us your own review on something that you've watched on Disney plus. We'd love to include you in the show. Disney plus reviews at hotmail.com is our email address. And that's P L U S Disney P L U S reviews at hotmail.com. Uh, like I said, we'll be back next week for book of Boba Fett and, in a couple weeks, two two weeks or three weeks, we're looking at doing Enchanted pretty soon as well. I, um, I love that film and we want to have Caitlin back on. So, um, so we'll talk to you then. See you next week for Book of Boba Fett.